Last time on a Masters in Matinee Magic. You can tell your readers, if there are any, that we have not gone through yet. The Grand Hall, named after its founder, Mark Hall. Debbie, there's something going on. There's, I'm getting some kind of signal here. I really wish Professor Templeton would have trained us on these devices and what they mean, but clearly there's something here. That's Professor Templeton, my brother. I'm the older brother, Dr. Templeton, M.D. Beth cuts him off and says, she said no. Good evening, listeners. It's Wednesday, and that means you're listening to Spoiler Alert. Welcome to this special RPG episode of our show, where my co-hosts, Sean and Sonya, will be diving feet-first into the Hallmark-esque world of Haven's Hope, a world that I made up. How could this town be any more perfect? <laughs> to facilitate our game, we will be using a modified version of the Genesis game system and their narrative dice. When our players attempt something, I will ask for a check based on their skill and the task's difficulty expressed in colored narrative dice. Based on those roles, they will succeed with conditions or fail as our story unfolds. Welcome to episode three of A Masters in Matinee Magic. I, I, I chew the seeds enough. Thank you. Keep in mind, I am a medical doctor, so, you know, I know <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> Obviously not a dentist. The trick is to soak him in water ahead of time, and he shows you, like, just the worst cup of, like... Oh. soaked grains that you've ever seen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Beth, Beth tries to hide her disgust, but it does not work. So, Dr. Templeton, have you have you noticed anything odd in your time here? Are you here alone? Uh, you know, people people come from time to time, but uh no, I'm I'm here alone. Um, you know, uh there was uh one girl who's been bugging me quite a bit lately, Darcy. She uh, <sighs> just won't stop talking. Um, you know, she wants me to to spill the spill the scoop on this whole story, but there's no way I'm going out there. I'm not. I'm not getting involved in this. You know, I'll seal up the vents from in here and stay safe. You know. Hmm. What if we brought Darcy to you? Would you feel comfortable speaking to her? No, she comes here all the time. What are you talking about? Just banging on the windows, climbing on the roof. She oh almost my. broke the seal once. The seal. And what does that mean? Yeah. What are you hmm. what, what are you talking about? You know what she's investigating, don't you? Well, from the mines, they pump it they pump it right up into the theater and all over town. Pump what? The from the mine. And what is it? What is it they pump, doctor? The pumpkin spice. The pumpkin spice from the mine. The pumpkin, pumpkin spice. spice. Of course. What do you think they mine here? We had no idea you were mining pumpkin spice. <laughs> I, I don't assumed, mine it. They mine it. I assumed it was some kind of ore or non-renewable resource. No, pumpkin spice comes out as a almost like a, a thick rounded jewel. <gasps> and then they grind it up. And uh, they pump it in the air. They put it in the coffee. They, uh, they they pumped it directly in the theater for people who didn't drink 
pumpkin spice lattes during the day and would stay up late at night. Beth, Beth frowns. <laughs> <laughs> Rightfully so. Now this is a lot to take in, Doctor. <laughs> what do you think Darcy's going on about? Beth turns to Debbie and says, I wonder if that was the substance in Professor Templeton's office. And what was leaking from that strange pipe in the bookstore? <laughs> Sonia, you do have it on you. I pull it out. Uh, at the sight of it, Templeton freaks out. Like, he's like, no! And uh, roll, uh... Oh no, he's gonna roll. Sonia, he, he tries to, like, swat it from your hand to get it away. Oh like, he is very afraid of this, essentially, stone. I grab this this weak old man by the scruff of the neck, and I say, <laughs> calm down there, man. You were successful, Sean. Yeah. And he is very scrawny. Like, anything on his book, like, he's very thin and weak, and you can tell he probably has calculated how many kernels he needs to eat a day to keep going, you know, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, he, you, there's nothing for you to stop this man. <laughs> like, like it is literally a Kleenex would have more resistance to, to this golem man. Um, doctor, what is this thing? Uh, you know, he composes himself and he says it's raw, it's raw pumpkin spice. It's how they're, it's how they're controlling people. It's how they're bringing them here and keeping them here. Don't you understand? No. I can't, I can't leave. Beth and I exchanged quite the look. I can't leave this place because I'm afraid. I can't leave this place because I'll get caught up in the spice and I won't be able to get out. Don't you understand? We literally don't, sir. Oh my God. Beth gasps again and says, Debbie, how much of that pumpkin spice latte did you drink? I only had a sip before I dropped it. How much did you drink? None. It wasn't for me. I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, Templeton says it's it's okay. A bit a bit won't harm you. But, uh, you know, persistent ingestion day after day, you know, who knows what harm it could cause. And, you know, once they get this thing up and running, they could ship it all over the world, the country. Think of it. All of America, all going for these pumpkin spice lattes daily. It sounds horrible. It sounds horrible. All, all, all these, all these drones, going, and imbibing without knowing what they're doing. Ah, think of it. No, I'm safer in here. Doctor, who is behind this nefarious and very confusing plan? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't I don't know. I haven't been out of this theater in 20 years. But Darcy Darcy does know. Or at least she claims to. Well, it just so happens that we want to meet with Darcy right away, and we have a lot of questions for her. You do what you want, and please don't tell my brother I'm here. And uh if you guys can figure this out, then maybe I can leave this theater and try and, you know, Win my lady back. <laughs> well, we won't shouldn't go that far, Doctor, because she has said no several times. But we'll let you, <laughs> we'll let you know. And indeed, indeed. Doctor, just one more question before we go. Certainly. The pumpkin spice is that what leads everyone in town to to couple up? I fear it may be. 
it has a sort of cishet power to <laughs> pair people up. Is that what you're saying, I, Doctor? I, I, I fear that that's the case. And I fear that's what happened to me and my, my ex-girlfriend. We had only been together for four weeks. Then what happened? <laughs> Why does she say no? We were together for four weeks? <laughs> At the time, I thought it was a great idea. <laughs> Fair. But. Beth pats his shoulder and says, I, I admire your self-awareness, Doctor. It took me uh, quite some time to figure out how to, you know, free my mind from their, their cinnamony chai powder. <laughs> well, free your mind and the rest will follow, Doctor. Um, oh. So we're going to let you, let you be, bid you would do. <laughs> uh, you can get back to your kernels. And we have to talk to Darcy, I think, Beth. Beth nods tentatively and says, Doctor, if we, if we come back again, do you promise you won't hide from us? You know, he, 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 he thinks for a moment and he says, uh, I've been in here a long time. And uh, sometimes I freak out a bit. I'm not proud of it. It happens. But uh, I'll do my best. Debbie grabs another heavy reel and throws it in the air and catches it and says, well, if you don't, you're going to get another one of these. That seems, that seems <laughs> fair. That seems fair. Uh, uh, and uh, unless you guys need more from him, he sort of bids you a good day. He would grab, you know, the cup of water and kernel seeds mm -hmm. from Debbie and then, like, flawlessly and elegantly, I would say, keeping mm. the cup, orient, you know, properly up, sort of, like, climbs into the vent effortlessly and just mm. scurries off into the deeper, into the, into the theater. <laughs> into the annals of the theater. <laughs> well, Beth, should we just get out of this insane place? Well... I had my misgivings about talking to Darcy, especially since we can't disclose to Professor Templeton what's happening. That seems wrong to me, but I would I'd be lying if I said the curiosity wasn't killing me. Beth, I don't think we should be talking to Professor Templeton, reporting all our findings to Professor Templeton. I think something else is happening here. We're mixed up in something strange, and it's not just family drama. You're certainly right about that. Well, I guess it's our only option. And as you guys turn to go, both of your beepers go off with some some coded thing that you both understand that indicates that Professor Templeton would like you to report in. We both look at each other wide-eyed. Beth looks at Debbie and says, I have to tell you, I'm not a great liar. I have to tell you, I am. I'll make the call. Beth <laughs> blushes. Okay. Uh, before we call Debbie, I think we should get our story straight and decide, decide what we want to tell him. I think we should confront him and say, what is happening? Why do you have a weird brother here? What have you led us into, you freak? That's what I think we should say. <laughs> Beth 
pauses, takes that in, and says, well, do we want to tell him that we met his brother? Didn't, didn't Dr. Templeton ask that we not tell him he's here? Oh. I look at you a little admiringly. I didn't see this side of you, this sort of crafty side. Um, okay. We, what should we tell him then? That we came to the theater, that we had some readings, or should we let him lead the conversation? I like that idea. Let's see what he has to say. But I think we can tell him we had some readings. Um, and we that both, we haven't figured out the pattern. We both squeeze into the phone booth and I drop a quarter mm-hmm. in. And we both nuzzle our ears, both next to the receiver, just mm-hmm. to hear. We feel each other's breath on our, on our cheeks, of course. Naturally, uh, Beth uh, blushes. Uh, Beth, yeah, Beth, Beth, roll a, a two purple cool check. <laughs> okay. What is cool? Keep your cool. I am not oh. very cool, so that's bad. So, calm, calmness, calm under pressure. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, no. Um, sh- uh, Sean, Debbie is able to clearly uh, see how Beth feels about being uh, tucked in a phone booth with oh, her. Beth is um, flop sweating. um but as you've said you've inserted a quarter and you hear a couple rings and not long after that you guys hear this is a long distance call please insert more money and stay on no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know if that's how that would work but um i like that you both got it um after a few rings i think a pretty frantic professor templeton answers the phone and um he says uh I don't, he's like, Beth, Debbie, Beth, Debbie, Debbie, Beth, who's this? Who's calling me? Bebby, Bebby, death, death, Bebby. Um, we let him go on for this for a while. Um, um it's probably, hold on. Let me roll him a cool check here. Uh, he does not stop. He keeps like nammering on, you know, is that you guys? Is that, you, you know, is that you? Um, he's very eager to hear this update and, uh, you get the impression that this maybe isn't the first phone call he's taken today that he thought was you guys and <laughs> has just been freaking out. So, so we we want to uh, let him go on, but we only have as much as a quarter can get us. Mm-hmm. True. So True. Beth smirks at Debbie, and then says, "Professor Templeton, it's us. We're we're calling together." Oh, oh, I uh, thank thank you for calling. Uh, oh. Yeah, I've um, I've had a rough day, had a rough day. So, uh, did you find him? What did you find, Alice? What did you find? Did you find anything? What did you find? Well, you paged us. Did you have something to tell us? Uh, no, I just uh, just need an update. Uh, I got a call from um, from Grace at the bookstore, and uh, a while ago, she said the key was picked up. So, uh, I'm expecting uh, I'm expecting some results. Um, you know, maybe you'll have to go back in, keep searching, but, uh, what did you, what did you find? Well, we obtained some preliminary readings. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. haven't been able to discern a pattern yet. Okay. But okay. We've, we've obtained readings, 
uh, in the lobby, in the theater itself, in the projection room. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think I've I think I've been to all those places. All right. Um, did you? Uh, was everything turned on? Did you turn them all on? Debbie chooses her words yes. carefully. We have found um, also evidence that perhaps someone has been living here, a squatter perhaps. Do you know oh, anything about that? Uh, um, uh, uh, he is going to roll another cool check here, probably with more more setbacks to his thing. Um, he he's able to kind of like slough off the fact, but I mean, knowing what you guys know he does sort of lie in a skillful way but you, you know something something's off with uh with his lie but he asks he starts asking you guys questions about the equipment and this whole time a lot of these things have been producing like strips of information uh i'm not going to call them numbers you know some of them just have dots and he's very interested for you to relate to him over the telephone the information on those dots. Um, but could both of you roll me a three purple perception check while you're sort of relaying this information to him? I assume it's probably Beth, because Beth has some sort of innate understanding of these contraptions. Yeah, so, so you guys have failed in uh, <laughs> sort of observing that that element of something professor templeton is is quite eager to get more data um he, he's talking about you know sending you guys back in maybe he'll have to call and uh get you guys to stay overnight to make sure that you get enough data he's he's very interested in this squatter situation um because he was told you know the building was uninhabitable and that no one could be in there um you know obviously it's fine in terms of like coming in and out for brief little visits or something but you maybe there's something a little uh um a little nefarious going on um sonya mm -hmm. could uh you roll me a mechanics check a two purple mechanics check from beth Oh, oh my goodness. Um, so, uh, you are talking and, again, relaying dots and the frequency of dots on this strip of paper to your professor, which sounds crazy, but is a thing that probably happened a lot in the 90s. <laughs> um, I wonder if you could fax it, like fax that big piece of paper. I don't know. Um, get people from the past get back to us on that, please. Um... <laughs> And, Some of uh, us were alive when we faxed, you know. <laughs> Did you, you have you? Zappers? I've had to like, I've had to fax for work, but have you had to fax actually? I faxed my friends, yeah, when I was like a teen. <laughs> like for I, real? Oh yeah, definitely. It was okay. kind of funny. It was like, like you know, you could still just call, but it would like like messages I would send, you know. But then you'd have to be like. <laughs> You'd have to be like, don't answer your phone. I'm going to fax you. And then so it was kind of, <laughs> it's kind of all that. That's so funny. Okay. All right. Well, sorry for derailing our game just to find out about that. Mm -hmm. um, Sonia Beth is kind of, maybe even just kind of getting bored of this interaction because it's kind of become very transactional 
even in the fact that she really thought that it was going to be like a a big lie and that they're going to have to call him you know we out weasel their way around it but as you talk to him you realize that on the the cord to the phone booth that there is a second cord <gasps> and it's like a very thin cable that's sort of put in place professionally but definitely an add-on um and like it is you've used phone booths before mm-hmm. and uh, that just strikes you as a very odd sort of thing and uh, you've got a triumph on your roll which means that you found out something really good and as beth sort of like traces the visual line of where she thinks this thing goes she sees it go up the wall and out the front door like outside of the building away from the already in place infrastructure of the phone line wow um you, you keep talking to templeton at some point uh he you know he's had enough he feels like he's got enough of information from about the tapes and all that kind of stuff um and at this point i am just grilling him about where are we supposed to stay for the night and are you giving us a per diem Roll a... <laughs> I think that uh, based on your contract, you'd have to. Um, is there a... Can you... Um, where is this? Can you intimidate this man? Roll a two purple negotiation there, Sean. Ooh. Uh, you, Debbie is kind of able to get Templeton where she wants him. You know, he's promising up and down that it'll be the nicest place in town. You know, you'll each have your own room. You probably doubled your per diem just to get you to stay. It better you know, be all these, all these. We only committed to all one these day. different things. Um, but ultimately, he I have to is... skip a riding tournament after this. Because of this, <laughs> you're gonna get paid. You're gonna get paid, Debbie. Um, he he's kind of in a roundabout way, telling you guys that you're gonna have to stay until he's satisfied, until like until he gets the readings that he's looking for. And he's adamant that you have to go over every square inch of that theater. And, you know, you've really got to find this squatter and find out how long they've been in there. Because that kind of long-term data is really going to, you know, really, really going to uh, push us push us into the future here. Is there data in particular you want us to capture from the squatter? Squatter data? No, just, you know, uh, uh, his experiences, if you could, you know use the instruments on him, maybe record a small conversation, you know, get his, his name, age, details, that sort of thing. Um, uh, that's, that's what he's looking for. You know, if, in case he's got to follow up or you guys have to follow up with him again. Uh, that's, that's what he's, uh, that's what he's asking for. I don't know why you have us out here being a census worker, Professor Templeton, but okay. I had to send out the best, Debbie. Beth looks deep in thought. You know, and with that, he says, uh, uh, you know, get get back at it. And then uh, I'll uh, I'll page you for another update uh, when when the time comes. Understood. We hang up the phone. I think I think he hangs up the phone by saying cheers. (laughs) Oh, cheers. Ciao, ciao. As soon as the phone is hung up, Beth turns mm-hmm. to Debbie and says, 
I think it's possible someone was listening to that conversation, look at this, and then points out the second chord that goes out the door. Mm -hmm. I am shocked. When exactly were you going to tell me this? You let this whole conversation go without me knowing? I feel like a fool. I, I, Beth splutters, I would have cut you off if you said something that I thought was a problem, but I didn't want to tip off Professor Templeton because I'm still not sure how he's involved and, and what he's after. I'm surprised he didn't ask us about the mysterious substance, but I didn't want to mention it in case the person listening is involved with the mines. Oh, the mines. I forgot about the mines. Well, then let's see who this nosy, this nosy little Nancy is, shall we? Debbie Agreed. jumps outside of the phone booth and grabs the cord and follows it through outside the door, outside the theater, and follows it down the street. Phys- physically pulling it out of the wall? Um, or just like... I think I'm, I'm holding it with... I'm following it with my hand. Okay, at at some point, it, like it it like it runs around like high, and then once it gets outside, it like goes up to this like, you know where other things would be, but it's kind of weird. Like it it doesn't fit in like where the, the power lines and phone lines are. It's got its own little path, and as you guys look at it, it's pretty obviously just sort of suspended above. You know, it uses it uses telephone poles, and it may might use other sides of buildings, but it sort of just goes up the street, a ways around a corner to somewhere. You're listening to a special RPG version of Spoiler Alert on ninety one point three FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. Debbie says, "Let's go, Beth." And I start sprinting, following this cord down the street. Uh, Sean, Sean, roll a two purple perception check for me. Um, as you start, you know, hurling yourself down the street, mm-hmm. um, you notice that maybe what made this so look so easy is that other lines from all these other buildings are being added to this thing. And since the theater was sort of on the far side of town, it was like the first wire. But pretty much every other building in town has a line that's going to this thing. And the cable sort of gets bigger, but, like, it's patched in, right? Like, it's it's not, like, mm-hmm. growing ever size. But um, as you follow it, uh, Debbie, you can see that almost every building in town seems to be connected to this thing. It's all connected, Beth. <laughs> Beth is following behind and, and also taking a close look at the wires as she goes. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as Beth sort of, you know, rounds the next corner, maybe Debbie's a little bit ahead of her, um, Beth kind of gets stopped in her tracks. And before her is this huge fountain. And it's kind of, like, a ways away, but it's in the center of the town, right? Like, you guys, the town is basically, like, I don't know, eight roads or something, but there's, there's a square, you know, mm-hmm. I'm thinking like Back to the Future kind mm-hmm. of situation. Sure. Not as fancy, but you know what I'm talking about. Like a, a nice round tile fountain. And um, Beth, for whatever reason, uh, you're being drawn to this fountain. Like you hear a, you, you hear some sort of some sort of call. Um, do you approach the fountain? 
Absolutely. I don't think I don't think Beth has a choice really. Uh, and as you do, Beth and Debbie uh, get increasingly separated. And Debbie, uh, you're sort of you know running through town, keeping an eye on these things and like putting together where you think uh, this all goes. Roll a one purple investigation check. So knowledgeable. Debbie being the, you know, the the person she is able to sort of put this whole thing together um, starts, you know, running and really getting a good understanding of where these wires are flowing by how they've been laid out. And suddenly you find yourself staring at the back of the bookstore where all of these wires flow into uh, some sort of internal thing. They all go through a hole in the wall. I knew that kooky lady was up to no good. I'm gonna bust her wide open. <laughs> End this tricky um, business. Uh, what does Debbie do? I said, Beth, I found it. And I turned around and I realized I'm alone. There's no one mm-hmm. behind me. And as Beth approaches the fountain, um, you know, it, it's it's a clear running water. Uh, the fountain's actually quite beautiful. And uh, you're sort of attracted to the sound that it makes as, it, you know, I don't know, what's that thing called? What's a reverse of a funnel? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> as it flows like, over. And is it not literally a fountain? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Uh, well, we'll get, we'll get back to you on that. Um, you, you approach this water and, um, it, it seems to have a quality unlike any water you've ever seen before, Sonya. And you think back to all those times in your early life and your childhood about all the experiences that you've had with water and how you've almost seemed to make like magic happen more than a few times and how you used to go for swims as a kid that were impossibly long and your parents always worried that you were not okay and uh, that's why they moved you to Kansas or whatever inland country (laughs) (laughs) you you went to Um, where's she from? the Midwest, I never specified yeah okay, that's fair (laughs) anyway, um, but uh, again the water of Haven's Hope is Seems to be reaching out to you in some way. Oh my gosh, she's and, a water uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, Do you uh, resist the call uh, of, of the siren interacting call? with this water? Or no, do you again I put, think... your, put your hand in the ornate bucket? Yeah, I think <laughs> Beth has been kind of fighting this tension, this call for years and years. Um... She's always felt this deep connection to water, but it's also kind of frightened her, and she doesn't mm-hmm. really understand. She's been afraid to really share with anyone these confusing experiences that she's had. So I think in this case, with everything going on, she just she goes for it, and she wants to see what's happening. Oh. And, and as as she interacts with the water, like in a much more meaningful way than the bucket previous, um, Beth Beth's eyes glaze over as she's sort of able to like travel through the pipes of Haven's Hope oh. and go from building to building and see all of these people sort of occupying these spaces. And she sees like, um, you know, couples getting engaged, couples meeting for the first time, pumpkin spice lattes being made, steam, you know, like like this 
your sort of like consciousness is spreading throughout all of these available uh, conduits that you know like uh, what are, fire hydrants you know everything right like you're, you're sort of getting this can she yeah? see only from the water's point of view like from the toilet, <laughs> I think like, so watching watching a poopy or or can yeah she like, see? like I think at some point I think at some point you see like a butt yeah right okay. but it's 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 yeah. not like it's not like you're in one of the places it's like you're in all of the places right no. like you're you're getting this She's like everywhere right this huge sensation and sonya i don't think that beth right now has the ability to understand like where she is right but like this is the the, the you know the, the vision that she's getting as the vision comes to a close uh at some point near the very end you feel your consciousness like being like collected and shot out into the nearby ocean port where you see open water for the first time and then just as it ends and she removes her hand from the water you see a yellow eye look at you in panic as it as it closes in pain and then you're awoken back to the fountain of uh, um, of Haven's Hope. The Haven's Hope Fountain. That's what we're going to name it. Um, <laughs> Debbie, at this point, has run back and sees Beth looking like she's about to dive into a fountain. As, uh, as Debbie approaches, Sonya, roll a three purple coordination check. I got so swept up in the story there for a second. <laughs> I know. That's good. That's good. This young um, and as Debbie runs up, she sees Beth sort of like coming out of this trance and falling backwards to witness a man appear and catch her <laughs> as she's about to hit the ground. And he sets her down and says something stupid like, uh, it's not a swimming pool, little lady. Oh uh, <laughs> Deb rips up. Beth? That was a terrible joke. Sir, my friend almost died. Beth <laughs> leaps out of his arms, brushes herself off, is very flustered, and says, uh, I'm aware, thank you so much. In fact, I'm a marine biologist. I'm very familiar with bodies of water. Oh, yeah, you are very uh, familiar with bodies of water. Sonia, <laughs> he, uh, he, he sort of, like, you know, acknowledges your meeting and goes to walk away. But you can tell, like, he did not get that. Like, he didn't receive that message. He is just, like, so interested in the fact that he just met you uh, in this crazy way. Um, hey, Beth, I'm trying to solve a mystery here, and you're getting pawed down in a fountain by some random dude. <laughs> what is happening? Beth is quiet for a minute and is clearly considering what to say. And mm -hmm. says, did he, I... did he hit you? <laughs> nope, nope, that's not it. Um, I think something, I think, I, I think I might be, I, um, I just, I just projected my consciousness into the entire town through the water pipes and experienced, um, Complete visualizations of every place I could possibly access as a part of the water. Debbie um, takes off her sweater and puts it over Beth's shoulders. 
Okay, <laughs> we've got to get you. To, we've got to get you to a hospital right away. <laughs> no, I'm listen. so sorry, friend. Uh, at some point in this interaction, like you, like you know, somebody interrupts you and asks if you would each like a pumpkin spice latte. Debbie um, slaps the coffee out of this person's hand. <laughs> Can you people stop with the pumpkin spice? For God's sake. Uh, th- this person is just dejected and cannot believe what you have just done and just trots away enraged at the fact that you would treat, you know, treat, you know, just say no next time. Okay? Like... <laughs> And then just just stomps off. My friend has had a very traumatic experience. Beth goes after them. We're sorry if that was rude, but you should really stop drinking those. We'll explain later. (laughs) Debbie looks Beth in her eyes. Um, I think we're under a lot of pressure here. I think that you're feeling the strain from trying to find these readings to trying to figure out what's going on. And I understand that completely. And I know how stress can get you. And so now you're having what we in the biz call just, you know, a breakdown. You're having a complete breakdown. (laughs) Beth looks dismayed and kind of looks up at the sky and then goes, okay, wait, what if I could, what if I could prove it to you? I would love if you could do that. I I pat her on the hand. And I would so love for you to do that, but um, maybe we should lie down. You know, we can investigate this Beth, later. Beth breaks out of Debbie's grasp and goes over mm-hmm. to the fountain and says, just watch. Mm-hmm. And she, she puts her hand out to the fountain. She closes her eyes and she's clearly exerting some effort. Um, let's roll a three purple, one black magic check. As Beth, uh, puts her hand out, uh, and maybe is, you know, attempting to, like, summon the water up to her hand, um, Debbie, you see, like, the pool of water behave in a way that doesn't make sense as it sort of climbs up a little bit. Not a lot, just a little bit. And then it just sort of flattens out. Uh, and Sonia, you take one point of strain as you try to to do this for the very first time. And, um, you know, Debbie, she didn't not move water. <laughs> uh, um, so, like, like, something happened. And, it, you know, it wasn't the wind. Um, what was that? Is there some sort of like, you know what? This could be explained. Maybe there was some sort of pump backup in the fountain, and it was, you know, shooting like a, a fountain. We know this town's infrastructure is kookaluku. It could be any number of things that caused that. Uh, do you check the fountain to verify any of those hunches? I do take a quick run around the fountain, and I say, well, it doesn't seem like there's any shenanigans going on, but. <laughs> No, no, it definitely it can't be that my coworker and classmate move, made water move. That just doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Um, and a, as you guys are, um, you know, circling this pool and sort of trying to figure this thing out, both of your pagers simultaneously go off. I don't even know if pagers have different numbers. Like, I don't know how it works. I don't get in, it. In our I universe, mean, 
this is what pagers do. This is what we know yeah. about them now. Yeah, like I have seen enough episodes of ER to know that all the pagers go off at once. But I know enough stuff to think that all the pagers would have to have a unique number. So do you have to have a special machine? Or like, would someone page you and then the next... Like, it, for both of them to go off, would they have to do it on two phones simultaneously? Maybe I don't a understand. computer could page anyway. you, can page all of you. I don't know. Maybe, but who knows? And... I'm frankly afraid to find out. Um, and you guys get an address that you've seen before um, with the name Darcy after it. Um, and this is the the address that you had received earlier on the phone w- from Darcy, the uh, reporter who wants you to swing by to get uh, to get the scoop on what's going down. Um, but you now have uh, you know you had a loose place before but now you have actual coordinates to this person oh my god i forgot about this woman it seems like weeks ago that we talked to her <laughs> uh beth turns to debbie and says listen i know this is a lot i know like you said we're under a lot of stress right now why don't we for the time being just be open to the possibility that supernatural things are at play here, both with me and the town. We'll just shove that into the closet of our minds for now. She blushes when she says closet. (laughs) And, 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 and we'll get back on track with the investigation. I think we should go talk to this Darcy person. Debbie looks into Beth's eyes and pats her hand. I just want to tell you that I care very much about your physical and mental well-being. But ultimately, I care more about finding out what's going on right now. So I guess you're right. We should go see what Darcy is doing. Beth blinks and is genuinely surprised that that Debbie just said something so nice. There we go. Uh, And you guys take off uh, sauntering through Haven's Hope. Um... I think that you could probably walk from the furthest point of this town to the other furthest point of this town in, like, maximum 30 minutes. Even if you're trying to be slow, I think that's how long it would take. And it turns out that one end of town is the theater, and the other end of town is the old newspaper print shop. Um, And that is where Darcy is sending you. And as you guys approach, you see a large building that... Looks like it was maybe two buildings at once that were once, like, separate but put together. But uh, in your 1995 brain, this is very clearly a um, a news place, you know, like where a paper would get written, and the printing area that would print it off. And as you approach, it's probably like its own city block, okay. right? Like, it's probably its own entity, and there'd be, like, a large parking lot. But the entire thing is surrounded by a fence, like the the whole the whole perimeter of the thing. Um, there's a couple cars fence? there, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'll tell you when you get. I just when you get I'm, closer. You know, the decline uh, of but... print paper is just shocking. You know, this small town mm-hmm. can support this this huge <laughs> daily newspaper. Uh, it was. It's not huge, right? Like it's it's not a massive building um but uh it's i don't know i i i saw one of these in moose jaw so i kind of have a you know times herald 
esque yeah. eyes. I don't know if you guys can. I can to see that, the moose jaw. Um, anyway, uh, the building. Yeah, that's the that's the vibe. And Sonya, I should have I should have actually answered your question. It does look like a chain link fence, um, but uh, there's there's there is more going on. Um, and at some point in that fence, there is a clear entryway, right? Like you know, like one of those cutouts in the chain link where the little door is. Uh, and there's a speaker box, and you guys can see on, like, the third floor of the the building, there is, like, evidence of an apartment. You know, like, it looks like it's been renovated. It's probably been closed for a very long time. Um, but uh, you guys can can see that someone probably lives here, and it's probably the person who called you. And uh, oh that's what you see God, as you approach. Does this woman live here? That's a terrible work-life balance. No kidding, but also, why the need for such security at a newspaper? Um, Beth, like, takes a quick look around to see if she can see anything suspicious outside. Uh, roll, roll, uh, roll your two purple perception check with, a uh, with a blue, oh, Sonia, okay. blue boost, boost in there. Yeah. Do you, like, would she go all the way around the perimeter or just, like, up mm. a side sort of thing? I think if she didn't, like, no, yeah, for sure. She's a full perimeter gal. She's a thorough, thorough gal. Okay. No, that's, um, it very quickly becomes evident that this Whoa. fence is electrified. Chain link? Um, <laughs> exactly. And, uh, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's not a, like, the fence itself is not, like, an electric style fence, right? Like, it looks like a normal fence that you would have for this place it probably matches the wear and tear of the of the building but uh it's been like retrofitted and added on to and every once in a while you see that clear indicator that this bad boy's got <laughs> juice running through it and as you walk around as beth walks around sonya at one point up at the top you see all these like strands of like a burlap fiber that have been, like, pulled over the top of the fence. I don't know. I don't think they'd be burnt. Mm. I don't know how that would look. Yeah, make it up <laughs> in your own mind. Yeah, maybe there's some indication <laughs> that that the fence went off, but I don't know that... Uh, maybe it's still sizzling a little bit. We could probably People who hear know like about electric fences, please call in. Um, <laughs> maybe, yeah. Um, and then you kind of full circle back to the main entrance with the box, like the buzzer box that you would use to call. Jer, are the burlap fibers, are they just in like one small spot or are they kind of like throughout? One small spot, like one, like one three foot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like someone had thrown it over so they could scale the the vents. Perhaps. Mm -hmm. One could, one could presume. Debbie walks over Mm -hmm. to the, uh, to the burlap part. She's like, well, it seems to be the only way in. Um, Beth looks at her and says, "I mean, we could we could try the box. We could tell Darcy we're here." I'm like, you know what? I want to I want to see what this woman's doing without her, without her knowing we're here quite yet. I take a few steps Ooh. back and then I take a running jump and i do a full um back handspring right over the burlap onto the other side uh please roll uh a 
please please roll a f- four purple uh uh athletics check mm-hmm. to get over that fence and uh sean there are uh, a few things working against you that you don't know about so please add two oh, black I, dice I to that roll <laughs> Uh, so as Debbie prepares to do mm-hmm. her sweet move over the fence, she, you know, this is, she's <laughs> an Olympian essentially, right? Like she, like, like she is ready to do built. this and she's poised. She's graceful. She full sprints at this thing. And, uh, what move did you um, say you were going to do to get over that wall? Spring. <laughs> Okay, uh, so so as she goes into her back handspring, she takes two strain as, you know, just, yeah. just the effort of doing this without uh-huh. stretching, basically. Um, and so she takes her two strain, and as she goes over, you know, she maybe misjudged some stuff, but she gets flung into this, into this fence and Ooh. takes two wound damage as well from this from this situation however um because of your role sean and because of Mm. debbie's actions it becomes quite clear that the entire perimeter fence of electricity gets shorted out and you know maybe off in the corner you see the thing that's powering this like fizzle out and the impact and amount of electricity that had had to deliver you know makes it go down and the fence becomes a standard fence, a non-electrified fence. lying flat on her back on the other side of the fence. Oh, <laughs> oh Sean, De- oh. Like, Debbie did not get over okay, the fence, I'm, though. I, 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 I was have ejected to, yeah, from she, the fence she, back yeah. onto, onto your side. And yes. uh, <laughs> my hair you is now... smoking. My <laughs> skirt has burnt on the on the hem a little bit quite shortening it slightly and uh like now if you wanted to crawl over it would be no problem uh beth runs over to debbie just just say and says oh my god why what are you okay debbie looks at beth in the eyes and says it was perfect Beth is too stunned to respond to that and says, okay, well, uh, that may have done some damage, Uh, but I think you managed to mm -hmm. de-electrify the fence if we want to climb over. We can take a minute if you need, I don't know, drink some water. I'm like, yeah, don't worry, I'll just walk this off. It's not a big problem. (laughs) <laughs> Debbie gets up and takes a, a few limps around the circle, swinging her arms, and she's like, "Okay, okay." She just has a vision of her old coach being like, yeah. "Salt tablet." <laughs> and uh, I'm like, "I'll just, I'll just ice this when we get home. It's okay." And with that, we're out of time this week, folks. Thank you for tuning in and listening to our special RPG episode of Spoiler Alert. I'd like to give a shout-out to the Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna, my players, Sean and Sonya, everyone at CJTR, and to our listeners. Spoiler Alert is broadcast Wednesdays at 6 and rebroadcast on Fridays. Uh, and it's available as a podcast on CJTR's website. We're on Twitter at SpoilerAlertYQR and Instagram at SpoilerAlertCJTR. See you next week, and My Electric is coming up next.